Attention passengers, we ask that you please fasten your seatbelts at this time and secure all baggage underneath your seat or in the overhead compartments. Flyover Country with Scott Jennings is prepared for takeoff. Welcome back to the show, Scott Jennings. He's an American writer and conservative commentator, a contributor for CNN. He also writes for CNN.com, USA Today, and the LA Times. Uh, former Bush administration, a director of political affairs, longtime advisor to U.S. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell. Uh, he tweets at Scott Jennings KY. Last week, the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce hosted a public affairs forum with, with McConnell, hosted by Scott Jennings. Scott, look at you, Mr. MC. I'm telling you. Good morning, Julie. And yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was, it was I'm watching quite a my day. back. Watching my back over here. You're, you're coming for all of our jobs: writer, commentator, now hosting forums. It's going to be nothing left. I'm just, a, I'm just an understudy for you. Everything I know about interviewing <laughs> Mitch McConnell, I learned from listening to your show. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, thank you very much for saying that. Uh, so, so interesting occasion. We're in an election year. The Kentucky Chamber wants to sit down with the leader. Uh, I've got a few clips, but tell me, Scott, what did you learn? You know him pretty well. Well, um, first of all, he was extremely candid. We spoke for about an hour, and if anybody out there is listening who's ever tried to interview Mitch McConnell for more than five <laughs> minutes, you know how amazing that is, uh, that he was willing to <laughs> opine. I mean, it, he, he really isn't that loquacious, typically. No. And he, but he opined deeply on virtually every item that's leading our news today from Ukraine to the midterms to crime to the economy and and uh, it, it was very illuminating. He was very sharp. He was very funny. He had some jokes. Mitch McConnell got <gasps> jokes, as they what? say. What? What? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, once describing uh, the Bill Back Better bill as uh, using a, uh, an analogy from the movie Fatal Attraction, he said, I'm not sure it's in the bathtub yet. <laughs> so, uh, it, was, uh, it was really sort of an, an interesting hour with him. And, uh, and I was glad that he sat down to do it because, obviously, he's one of the most consequential people in our government. Absolutely. Uh, incredibly powerful and, and mysterious in his way. You probably don't find him so, but I think political observers, like, they try to fit him into the box, maybe a bit of a satirical box, and he doesn't fit into that box. You know, and it's just – I'm sorry? Yeah, he, you're exactly right. I, I think everybody's always trying to ascribe sort of things to him. But at mm. the end of the day, to understand Mitch McConnell is to know this. He never – tells you anything other than exactly what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. And I know that's like hard for people to understand about political figures like this, because there's always a belief that, well, they may be saying one thing and doing another, or they're, they're uh, employing misdirection to keep their enemies off balance. Not, not really. No. He just tells you, he calls it like he sees it and he tells you what he's going to do. That doesn't always make it the most popular guy in the room. He doesn't use pablum. He doesn't speak in word salads. He just <laughs> basically says, here's what it is. Here's what I think. Here's what we're going to do. And more often than not, it, it comes true. Mm -hmm. True. Um, so uh, let's see. He's talked a little bit about Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. And uh, let, let's, hear, let's hear that. I tried to get Justice, now Justice Jackson, to defend the court against court packing. She wouldn't do it. So that was enough for me, <laughs> and uh, most of my members, I think, felt she was well qualified, but I'd say the president will not be disappointed in this judge. I think she'll be exactly what he, what he wanted. 
Scott, uh, we've heard McConnell lots of times uh, really lumping Biden in with the hard left of the party, and he seems to believe that the president has operated sort of as, as the puppet for the AOC, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders gang. Yeah, he has often told me in, in public and private settings that he thinks this whole idea that Joe Biden was supposed to be some kind of a moderate was a foolish thing because he knew Joe Biden in the Senate, didn't think he was a moderate there. And he always assumed that the more liberal interest of the Democratic Party would be far more influential than perhaps the president led on during his campaign. And so he viewed, I think, the Supreme Court pay through that lens. The one thing about that clip, Julie, that is most interesting is the court packing. Mm. Connell cares very deeply about that issue. And, and it's interesting because both Breyer and Ginsburg had come out against court packing, saying nine is enough. I actually think if Jackson had said, yeah, I agree, we shouldn't be altering the, the confines of the court in that way, there is a reasonable chance he and a few other Republicans might have voted yes. Now, the, the White House didn't need their votes, but it, would have been, it wouldn't have been hard to give that away, and they chose not to do it. Uh, and she could have, I, I really do believe, it would have attracted a few more because they all knew Biden was going to throw up a, a progressive. Of course. But the question was about the institution. And um, I don't know. I, I think it's a strategic move. They could have done that and gotten a few more. Well, I don't even think Biden wants to add seats to the Supreme Court. Oh, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't put his weight behind that. I mean, I, I think he's mused about it, but just as an idle threat. No, he hasn't. But the next president might and the next one and the next one. Mm -hmm. Jackson's going to be on the court for decades. And mm -hmm. you know, her voice is going to be very influential, just the way Breyer's was, just the way Ginsburg's was. And so if she were to have laid down that marker today, it might have chilled a future effort to change the, the number on the court. It's a good point. You know, Republicans and Democrats use that term so differently. When Democrats talk about court packing, what they mean is just larding the federal bench with, you know, like-minded judges of a po certain political bent. Or Republicans use it to mean adding seats to the Supreme Court. Well, Democrats, many Democrats have said they should add seats to the Supreme Court. I mean, yeah. you've had some liberal interests say in order to counteract the Trump appointments, it's the only option because look at all the bad things that are going to happen from there's another option win more elections how about that that's exactly right there's an <laughs> that's option exactly right and of course and of course biden did and uh, and they got what they wanted out of briar and we'll see if he gets any more but that's a that's a true story win the election and, and you, you too may find yourself appointing more people to the supreme court and really it really bothers me like when either party does it like we lost an election so now we have to change the rules to get an advantage like, no I know, I know, and and uh, and of course, recently on 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 the 2020 election, Republicans, led by Donald Trump, of course, have decided that they didn't like the outcome of that, and mm -hmm. Democrats have not liked the outcome of things. And mm -hmm. the overall effect of that, Julie, I think, is to destabilize trust in institutions. Period. Totally. Uh, and uh, and uh, it's not not good for our culture, or our society. I have another clip from your chat with the Republican leader. He was talking about uh, Biden signing up with the left. Well, maybe not. Sometimes, okay. <laughs> sometimes on a Monday morning we have some computer issues, Scott. It happens. But, sure. but I guess McConnell's basic point was that Biden threw his lot in with the left, as you and I were just talking about, and the results show in the economy we have right now. This is a left economy. Yeah, he, he talked a little bit about started with inflation, and what McConnell was saying was he thought the spending policies and uh, 
the, the sort of fiscal policies of the Biden administration were more akin to what Bernie Sanders had run on than what you might have been led to believe that Biden would do. And in his view, that was inflationary. And so, um, in fact, at one point, McConnell said the number one thing they should do is realize they're in a hole and to stop digging. And so the Republican view on this is these spending policies have made inflation worse. And uh, and Biden hasn't really indicated he wants to slow down on that. And in his mind, it was going to be a big dividing line in the upcoming midterm. And uh, Scott, what did the what did the Republican leader have to say about someday getting back to bipartisan confirmation of Supreme Court nominees? Yeah, great question. He um, I asked him that very question, and he just said that he thought um, not likely in the short term that he thought the Senate was in an assertive period. And he said, you know, over the course of history, we've had Senate terms that they just passed the president's nominee straight through without much of a question. And lately, we've been in a more assertive Senate. And so he didn't know what to do about it, he said, but he didn't think in the short term that was that was very likely. And of course, the Senate is 50 50. I guess one way you spread these things out is if one party were to get control of 58, 59 or 60 seats. And then, of course, it would make it more likely. But I asked him directly if I thought that these narrow partisan victories by Supreme Court justices was hurting uh, public trust in the institution. And you could tell it was on his mind. But he didn't have a ready answer. He didn't have a ready answer for it. And uh, and of course, he, he did say in, in his view as a Republican, Democrats started it, you know, with Bork <laughs> and Thomas and then and Kavanaugh. And of course, I know Democrats would argue otherwise, but, but he did go through that as well. <laughs> and as my mother would say, so you end it. He started it. You end yeah, it. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> right, right. Uh, did, did Trump and the Trump factor come up at all with McConnell? You know, he, he referenced the president a couple of times. We talked about the infrastructure bill. I asked him to go back through how he split infrastructure from the rest of the Biden spending agenda. And I had said, you know, a lot of conservatives were skeptical of your strategy, although it did turn out to work. And he said that he thought that was mostly because Trump laid down a marker against infrastructure. And he said, in his opinion, he thought it was because Trump just didn't want his predecessor to accomplish something that he couldn't accomplish. So he talked about him there, um, talked a little bit about uh, Trump and his nicknames. You know, I, I gave McConnell a list of all the nicknames that he's cocaine, been given. Cocaine and Mitch on the list? Cocaine Mitch, Midnight Mitch, Apex Predator <laughs> of the Senate. And then we finally got down to Old Crow. Oh, that's a good and, one. Uh, we got down to Old Crow, which is what Trump has been calling McConnell lately. And I said, when you look in the mirror in the morning, what do you see looking back at you? And he said Old Crow, and he explained it was because – uh, that was Henry Clay's favorite bourbon, Old Crow bourbon. Ah. And so he, he, he said he wanted to thank President Trump for bringing up Old Crow because it further linked him in his mind and history to Henry Clay. <laughs> he has been a surprisingly good sport, at least publicly, about all the nicknames. I mean, he, that he's been kind of droll about it in ways that surprised me. Well, all the people who try to give him nicknames just make him sound a lot cooler than he was before. I mean, you think about these names, like Cocaine Mitch is a pretty yeah. cool name. I mean, Midnight Mitch, uh, old, old Crow, like, I mean, these are names like you would give, like, you know, some kind of awesome comic book hero. And, and so, McConnell, you know, McConnell, I don't think is anyone who's ever fancied himself as, you know, super cool or super hip. But these nicknames certainly make him sound that way, so I think he secretly appreciates it. That's hilarious. Uh, well, it sounds like a great event, Scott. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, it was great. The Kentucky Chamber of Commerce deserves a lot of credit for getting him to agree to do it. And uh, uh, and uh, we were we were proud to ask him a lot of questions. And uh, and uh, one final note about the midterms is he said he thought the environment was really good. But 
the map was not as great in the Senate as it is in the House, and that mm. it is possible for Republicans to screw it up. That he thought <laughs> uh, that you know, depending on who we nominate in certain places, uh, you could certainly take a good situation and turn it sour. So he wasn't ready to to uh, uh, predict just yet that he's going to be majority leader again. But he did say he is running for it, uh, and you can bet on it. Well, he said something lately, I don't know if it was in your event or another one, where he was basically saying if, if the party nominates a, like a bunch of nut jobs, we're never going to win back the majority. Something to that effect. He did say that. Mm -hmm. Well, he went through the 2010 and 2012 races, you know, where we nominated a bunch of people in uh, various states that should have been slam dunk winners for the Republicans, but we lost because the nominees were just totally unacceptable. And, you, rem you know, Republicans got the majority back in 14. They should have gotten it back in 10 or 12. Mm. If not, but for these nominees in uh, various places, uh, Missouri, uh, uh, Nevada, uh, New Hampshire, I mean, it, Indiana. I mean, we went through all these races and he it's funny. Ten years later, more than 10 years later, he remembers the name of every <laughs> single person we nominated. And, and he said and he actually said to the crowd, Julie, he said, now, you probably don't remember these people because <clears throat> they're not in the United States Senate. <laughs> so, he, but uh, but obviously, you know, the obviously the race, everybody on that front is watching is Missouri, where you've got a bunch of people who could win and Greitens who'd likely put the state on the board for Democrats. So I think that's the one he's worried about the most. The great Scott Jennings. Find him on Twitter at Scott Jennings KY. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Julie. Have, Have a good a great morning. Day. Flyover Country with Scott Jennings is a production of Bluegrass Media Lab, coming to you from the heart of Middle America, Louisville, Kentucky. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Flyover Country on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Mm -hmm.